You are listening to Grit and Grace, where I'm sharing my entrepreneurial journey with you and bringing stories to you of the most amazing women that are crushing it in business and in life. My name is Tomberly, and I'm a social impact entrepreneur, where I help businesses grow their community impact and their bottom line through their partnerships with nonprofit organizations. I'm also the founder of Tomberly's Tribe, a brand new group of female experts that from all different fields are helping women grow to their highest level of potential. Join us on this journey by downloading the Himalaya app, which is free, and follow us so we can keep you up to date on all of the new shows that are coming out. Welcome to my show. For November 2019, all of our Grit and Grace shows will be featuring stories of spirituality. I'm really excited to introduce you to women who are not only crushing it in business and in life, but also have a spiritual practice. They are individuals that have developed and expanded upon just what they do day to day and have found that greater meaning, that higher purpose, that higher calling. They are absolutely incredible, and I know that you're going to love it. Please make sure that you check the show notes for any additional contact information, or if you are looking to get more guidance or help on your spiritual path, please don't hesitate to contact me, and I will get you in touch with one of these amazing women, because we are here. Taverly's Tribe is here to support you. Now, welcome to Sacred November. And we are back with another episode in Sacred November. And guys, you have been so lucky to meet some of the most amazing women that are working in spiritual realms. And and it's not just about spiritual realms. It's about personal journeys to find who you are and what lights you up and what your passion is. And I love it. It's been so much fun. And I'm really excited to have Gigi with me today. Thank you, Gigi, for joining me. And for those of you listening, I want to let you know today's episode is going to be super amazing and special. And we are going to be talking about a lot of really sacred things. And part of that in today's show is going to be around our sexuality. And so if you're not comfortable you know, having the conversation or being a part of a conversation that is about sex, then you might not want to listen to this show because that's what this is. Or if you're listening with kids in the car, my suggestion is maybe just wait and plug some earphones in because I really want you to dial in and listen and feel in your body what we're going to be talking about. And, and trust me, even if you haven't had a conversation or have delved into a deep learning process around your own sexuality, this is going to be a chance for you to do that because Gigi or Gina, I call her Gigi, but whatever you want to call her, Gina, she is here to share her love of ritual and bliss with all of you. And I'm telling you her gifts in the arena of how she combines really this idea of pleasure. And it's more than just the act of physical pleasure, but pleasure as a whole is a big, massive topic. And it is what makes us spiritually connected and open and she is one of my sisters. She is my love. And I am so happy to have you here. Thanks, Gigi. Thank you. This Thank is going to be this is going to be really fun. Um, and I know that you show up in a way all the time that is big and is intuitive. And like a lot of the women we're talking to this month, you are highly gifted in a lot of areas that involve you tapping into your mm. deep intuition. And I would love to hear a little bit about kind of how you started that journey of 
what you know what your what your inner self wants you to know. Mm. Thank you. That's a big question. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like start. I, I, I thought it would just take us back. Let's we can yeah. start at the beginning. It's usually a good place to start. Yeah. I mean, so um, before I start, I do want to also add my own kind of um, invitation for anyone listening to just be curious. Um, I tend to be someone who is bold. I'm very Aries, so sometimes I can be a big lightning bolt, <laughs> and um, sometimes that hurts. So I just want to invite everyone to have a lot of curiosity around um, what is shared today, because of course, neither one of us actually knows what's going to come out in this yeah. interview, <laughs> but I am feeling just the call to ask everyone to just like be in their breath and um, be curious and to absolutely positively know that you're not alone and that if you need support, want support, would like support, or just want to take the conversation deeper, that Taverly and I are absolutely always available for that. Mm -hmm. um, so the short notes are, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the short note, the short version of my story is that I found religion and sexuality to be empty. And I always had a deeper knowing that there was more. And I became a little bit of a bliss hunter. And so in that I mm. went to different churches and synagogues and meditation places and yogas. And I had a lot of sex, like mm -hmm. just, I literally call myself a bliss hunter. I was searching because I knew there was something out there. And um, I found it, but I didn't find it in church and I didn't really find it in sex with others. And so that's kind of how it started before I actually even knew what I was doing. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. a journey that I was on. I'm a seeker. It was a journey that I was on that I didn't really know the profoundness when I was on it. So the journey to discovering something that's bigger than this human form that you live in right now. For sure. Yeah. And that um, I do think that there is, and I know this is like jumping in right off the bat and I asked you a different question, but I have to tell you that I recently had a conversation with um, a man and a woman, a couple, and they were talking about the woman's role in their sex life. And we were discussing where things were. And I said, listen, like there is something so profound that happens to a woman when she is in touch with herself, like her inner self, and it is very sexually charged. It is a part of who we are. And I think that um, in this particular case, it just reminded me to something you had said, which I also referenced earlier, is that you know, women, we don't, we don't spend enough time with ourselves. We don't spend enough mm -hmm. time learning about how we connect to ourselves. And what you're referencing in the beginning of your journey is that you did that through your own sexuality. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. And I continue to do it because, mm -hmm. um, the path of pleasure is unending and you may think that you're at the peak of something that is, was never achievable or is never possible. And then you experience something that has the depths of something that is even greater. And so to me, the path of pleasure is, it, I will be on it the rest of my life. And that's also the path to happiness. That's the path to joy, the path to peace. Yes, and like yeah. 
to me, everything is welcome and nothing is forbidden. And so when we have fear of like having a crygasm, right, you have Mm. this really intense experience and it's like, whoa, and then your body just goes into convulsions or you start crying and you have no idea what that is. Yay. Like to me, that's celebration. Mm. It's your body releasing and healing in a way that you don't even need to know what it's about. And are you in a safe space? Do you have someone who can hold you? Like, you don't need to go to therapy to figure it out. Can you just celebrate? Holy crap, I just had this amazing experience and I'm crying for no reason. Or I'm in a fit of rage for no reason because the energy was so intense. Mm -hmm. And there's a fear there that many people like don't want to let themselves go to because it's, it can be scary. So yes, it can be the path to happiness and it can be the path to fulfillment and know that our emotions to be whole, we have to, uh, half is a big word to be whole, embracing the entirety of the emotion wheel mm-hmm. is really important. Mm-hmm. Because there's many people that I work with that are afraid to feel anger or afraid to feel fear or afraid to feel frustration because we were raised that way. We were told, don't get angry, right. you know, oh, just zip it up. Don't, don't open your mouth. Don't, you pick, your, pick your battles. And it's such a delicate balance between owning who you are full mm-hmm. on which is a and spectrum pick, and picking your battles yeah, right yeah but there and you're you're referencing a spectrum of who we are which is different and it's 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 a wide variety all the time and that is i personally think that that's where the greatest growth comes from is when you understand that you are going to maybe you're going to you know temper onto the side of mellow and peaceful and a little quiet and retro introspective. And then sometimes it's that spectrum is going to go way to the other side where you're going to feel an enormous amount of energy where you just feel like you're bouncing off the walls. Um, but I'm curious as to how that, how does our sexual experiences relate to those varying of emotions that we have in life? Because, you know, it, depending on what's going on at any point in time, we could all be, dealing with trauma or we could be dealing with work stress or we yeah. could be dealing with all kinds of different things. And so how do we bring sex into that as a part of grounding and balancing and releasing? You're asking big questions. I know. Yeah, you know me, like, Gigi. You know that I'm big going right questions in. <laughs> and I just see a plate of spaghetti and I'm like, well, let's just start <laughs> with one noodle. noodle at a time. You know me, like, I like to like squeeze it. Yeah. We're going to squeeze it all in yeah. in this one hour. Yeah. See, the thing is, is my, uh, those of you that are listening, um, Gigi and I are, are very connected, um, in a lot of ways and I get time with her all the time. And so I feel like this time that you guys have with her is special. So Mm -hmm. I am definitely going to try to extract out of her as much as I can in this period of time. And she knows that I'm like that. So I'm, I'm pulling the threads. (laughs) (laughs) She's pulling one piece of spaghetti off at a time, but like, like in zoom, right in zoom speed. So, um, uh, to me, sex is such a tender a tender subject and we all have our own experience with it. And I, I have a belief that we all have emotional STDs, which are called shame. I call that shame, trauma and drama STD. Mm, I like that. That's emotional good, good, STDs. Good, good. Yeah. I haven't met one person who doesn't have some sort of experience of shame, trauma or drama and drama, meaning just like the stories we tell ourselves um, about, we can't be this way or you can't do that. But you, you know, you might, 
you're going to catch this or you're going to be this if you sleep with someone on a first date or something. So, um, take me back to the question, please. Yeah. I wanted to, I, I just forgot actually we're <laughs> past it. Where yeah. Are we well, I mean, it, it's a really big question though, because it's how can we bring in the healing to the sexual space? Yes. And it's, it's how, when your daily yeah. life is going on, how, how, yeah. how does sex play a role in healing what's going on day yeah. to day? And maybe we should just take it back then. Well, let me just say this, that um, we can take it back. And all I want to say is that the container you create yourself with regard to sex, the sacred space that you create within your own personal boundaries is the container in which can contain anything, everything, or nothing. And that to me is part of how and sometimes what goes wrong, well, I don't, I don't really like right or wrong, but what can cause um, heartache mm. and frustration with regard to sex and sexuality is a space of, do we have our own solid container? Do we know our superpowers? Do we know where we get challenged? Do we know our turn-ons, our turn-offs? It's, it's know thyself to the ultimate level because sex is vulnerable and sex is powerful. And in that, do you wholly know yourself? Because when you do and you create space with a partner that you trust and you've created a container and they can contain you, that to me is when those places can really get tapped in. Mm. Not to say that it can't happen just spontaneously because they can. Um, so. Okay. So the, the taking it back place I wanted to go to is why do you feel that we are still, and I know you and I've talked about this, but why are we still in this phase where sex is still such a taboo subject? I mean, this, this is part of, this is, this is part of this show, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about some taboo stuff. We're talking about some entrances into the spiritual realm. We're talking about things that not everybody talks about day to day. And that's to me, not because it's wrong. It's because, because not everybody's there yet. Yeah. And we have, we have, put sex underneath the rug for a really long time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, shame, condition, conditioning, stigma, society, religion, religion. To me, I, I lump that into societal mm. standards, you know, who we should be, who our parents thought we should be generational. Um, but I believe the core of it all is shame, mm. right? Like even if you are religious, raised with certain religious beliefs and they are not yours, but you have them kind of ingrained in you, there's still a space of, are you willing to open up and be the fullest expression that you desire to be, right? Like I find there's kind of three groups of people when I meet, there's people who are like, oh, you want to talk about sex? Absolutely. Yes. Yay. And then it's full on. And then there's the people who are like, wait, we can talk about that. Ooh, this is fun. And there's this joy and excitement of freedom of really having conversations. And then I find that there's another group that's just like, we don't talk about that. That's personal. That's not allowed. Um, we shouldn't be talking about that. We definitely shouldn't be talking about that in a restaurant. Um, and so that to me is the shame piece. It's the shame piece in, in this, the last two categories of we're not allowed to talk about it. We were told not to talk about it. And just talking about it makes a huge difference because it lets us know that we're not alone. 
it lets us know that, like, wow, I'm not the only person who has those thoughts if someone is doing something to me, mm-hmm. right? Like there's so much healing just in knowing you're not alone. And because sex is something that is generally not talked about at the dinner table, a lot of people don't know and we're not educated on it. So education is a big reason why it's still taboo because mm-hmm. the education system that we often get is it's about procreation and it's about um, not catching a disease or not getting someone pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not taught about lovemaking. We're not taught about the joys and the pleasures of sex. And um, but like, we're just not taught about that. So is this what you do in your day-to-day practice of your bliss coach business? Yeah, I had to pause. <laughs> I know you do a couple of different things. Yeah, but. I feel like I wear a lot of hats. Um, I'm going to say yes. I, I think that my work is really based in permission. What does and that it's mean? it's based in a space of um, I meet I meet clients where they're at and celebrate them. So if you're a late life virgin, yay! If you don't know how to orgasm, yay! If you have sex with six people, different people in a day, yay! It's a very sex positive space, and whatever the desire that you have to heal or um, grow. Um, needs to be met. Like, I feel like my gift is meeting people exactly where they're at Mm -hmm. in celebration. And if they desire to not be a late life virgin or they desire to not have sex with six different people in a day, or they want eight, like, then we just take it from there and figure out what's holding you back. Right? Like, what's it costing you? Right. To live in the space where you're at. And we recently, I bring up a recent conversation that we had um, about an individual who may or may not have what they perceive as a an addiction to sex. Mm-hmm. And I really liked your reaction. And actually, I, I listened and thought about that because you responded and said, well, first of all, how do you know that it's an addiction? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe they just have pleasure that they haven't sought yet. And, and maybe it's just the conditions in which they have put themselves in a relationship that makes what they're doing, um, you know, unethical or, or disvaluing the person mm-hmm. that they went into a relationship with. Instead, what about just not being in that relationship, like create a different model? Mm-hmm. And who says that that model is wrong? I mean, if everybody is consenting and the pers- people that you're with understand and are along with this pleasure ride and it's a beautiful meeting up, like it's, why is that a bad thing? And, and I kind of thought about it differently and that is absolutely different than everything that we're primarily mm-hmm. raised with mm-hmm. when it comes to relationships specifically. Yeah. I don't think that this society that is raised really to be pleasure seekers, as a matter of fact, like the path of the hedonist is frowned upon. So just by saying I'm a pleasure seeker, there's a, there's a part of society that's going to shame that. Just like I'm a very freely sexually expressed woman, there's a part of society that's going to shame that. So part of my journey has been having to like continually work on this judgment. So with regard to addiction, you know, if someone's in a monogamous relationship and they're only having intimate sexual relationships with someone once a month, 
and, and the, the need or desire is greater. So they self pleasure. There can be a, you know, shame on you. You have a sex addiction because right. Like mm-hmm. the whole word in general is tender. Like mm-hmm. it's complex. There's no one yes answer, right answer, wrong answer. Like what's good for me sexually may not be good for you or right for you in your time. And we are all in seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, I go through seasons in my day. There's parts of my day I'm super turned on and parts of my day where I'm like, don't touch me. And parts of my day that I'm just really relaxed and, and loving and feeling ooey gooey. And there are parts of my day where I'm feeling a little like frisky. Like I become, I go through a whole journey of sexual energy just through every day, mm-hmm. let alone a week or a relationship, right? We go through seasons in our relationships, not saying someone needs to like get a dissolution of marriage because they need sex and they're not having it. There's so much sex to be had without having sex. Mm-hmm. It's a whole nother subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, which we could talk about a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about the, the, the desire for pleasure. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's yeah. not a, it's not a, it's not a single lane road. Yeah. I mean, I see the, the, the pleasure stoppers in the time where you eat a piece of cake and then you give yourself a hard time about it. You know, like that's mm. something that is a stopper of pleasure and that happens in and out of the bedroom, right? It's like, Oh, this feels really good. Oh, too much. Or the idea of like, how much pleasure are you willing to receive? How much, like, have you, do you know your capacity? Have you, have you, have you reached your pleasure ceiling? And those are concepts that sometimes are completely foreign to people. And that's okay. That's why I'm here to Mm -hmm. say that there's always more because there always is more. Because everyone's different, right? I mean, like my experience with you just in a friendship is so different than my experience with someone else. Mm -hmm. And you might have a friendship with them, but your experience with them is different. Mm -hmm. And so expecting that my relationship with you needs to look like your relationship with her. Right. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And so if you think about that with sex, right. And I think that is one of the common things is that when we expect, um, well, first of all, when we expect our lovers to read our mind, that just doesn't happen. We're not there, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not there. Well, not everybody. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even to, and even the telepathically, we can't. Not everything. Not everything. No. And because there's parts of us that we're afraid to show. Yeah. You know, I have fantasies inside of me that I've never told anyone. And I do this work on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there's just stuff inside of me that, whoo. Mm-hmm. You know, wow, if I really said that. And that's part of the normal journey of shedding shame, right? So is there something to be said with not linking your emotional and spiritual path to a partner? Meaning, should that be a solo part of your journey? Or should you, or do you feel like it's possible to have your emotional needs met totally separately from your sexual needs? Mm. Well, uh, I probably believe opposite of what you just said, which is I am the only one responsible for my pleasure sexually. Mm -hmm. So I probably tend to look more for my emotional needs to get met from partners that I might have as opposed to my sexual needs. Mm. But to me, your partner is not responsible for your pleasure 
that's my philosophy. That's not everyone's philosophy out there. And mm-hmm. it might feel a little foreign, but I have a daily self-pleasure practice. I know how to feed myself. And I'm not talking about like specific orgasms or climaxes, but I know how to feed my body sensually to where I feel full, sexually, energetically, spiritually, um, physically nourishing it. And so when, when I am full, then any interaction that I have is just mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Like it's just, it's true. Yeah. I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my philosophy is cake. Like I'm the cake. Everything else is frosting, right? Like a new man's not going to make me happy. A new woman's not going to make me happy. A new job, a new car. I don't find happiness from the outside. It's here. Like mm-hmm. I'm my own guru. I'm the wholeness and totality of who I am. And when I try and seek, like when I was a bliss hunter, Right. I was trying to seek all of my everything from outside of me. And it's this is where I found it. Yeah. And I know that so many people listening to this right now can understand that. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 look for ways to find pleasure through material things or trips mm-hmm. or ego driven things like success or titles mm-hmm. at jobs. Um, but the truth is none of that actually mm-hmm. takes that inner work that you're talking about and that brings it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I like to say that, um, well, my, one of my teachers, Yogi Bhajan always says you're your own guru. And then I saw this comedy once where he said, guru, G, you are you. Oh, that's <laughs> Which so I love. <laughs> so, and they had a funny accent that I just bollocksed, but I really love that idea of like, yeah, I'm my own guru and it's my authentic self. It's, it's the, it's the fullness and the wholeness of who I am. And it's the fullness and wholeness of who I am in the space where there's equal unconditional acceptance. And that, I don't know if that actually even exists, Mm. right? It's, it's, it is accepting me in every way, every way, all of my, all of my ways. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I want to know, like, from the perspective of people that might be listening to this show, how do you embark on this conversation with someone to have them stay curious? Because one thing that I like that you said is that, you know, you as a coach that works in this space, you, mm-hmm. you are sex positive in the sense that you meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. You meet them where they're at, which in itself could just mean one small inch in a different direction that might open their mind to more curiosity. But thinking about it from the idea of, where to start, you know, where, where, how, what do you mean by how to stay curious and how, how does an individual start to be curious if they haven't been? Mm-hmm. I think one of the easiest places to start is where are you longing? Mm-hmm. What do you long for? Such a good question. Yeah. Like, gosh, that's such a good question. Yeah, what are you longing for? And then in that taking no, um, it's a tender space, you know, like I work with married couples who might be kind of sexless or they're, they've lost some spice in their mm-hmm. relationship. And so there can tend to be this, well, he doesn't do this and she doesn't do this and he doesn't do this. And so the blaming piece is, 
it's just garbage that gets in the way, mm-hmm. right? So starting with what are you longing for and not putting blame on why you're not getting, just be like, wow, I really, really, really would love it if someone would just rub their hands through my hair. Like that just would feel so nourishing to relax me at the end of the day. And if you're in partnership, ask for it. You're not always met with a yes, right? But knowing, wow, that knowing what would, knowing what you long for and what would feed the longing, those to me seems to be the biggest hurdles. Especially at a starting place. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people ask themselves, what are you longing for? I mean, that's a, first of all, I like that Mm -hmm. very much. I think that's, that's so important because determining what you long for or what you want is, wow, that's, Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. would assume in most people's case, that's a difficult question. And that's something that you have helped me with. I mean, you've, you've asked me some, some hard questions um, since we met. And a lot of times I kind of think about it and I wonder, huh, you know, that's a different perspective. And the other thing I feel like you're really good at, at, at doing along with to asking somebody to ask themselves what to long for is you give people permission mm-hmm. for that to be okay. What you long for. For sure. That's, that's the important part because sometimes we long for things that we think, mm, I'm not yep. sure I should want that. That doesn't, I mean, I know my parents wouldn't love to hear that. I want that. I know that some of my friends wouldn't love to know that I want that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a mom. How could I want that when mm-hmm. my role is ident- identified as a mom or an entrepreneur? These are things I do, but mm-hmm. what do I really long for is a totally different topic. Yeah. And giving me permission, you have given me permission to really fully just love what I long for. That's, that's huge. Yeah. And the next step is you giving yourself permission, right? Like you don't need my permission. I'm just one person. Like I don't, you know. Well, come on, Gigi. For me, you're more than that. For those (laughs) listening, maybe you're just a person on the other side of the microphone. But I get that. And though, like we we come to sometimes think like I used to say that my work was all about permission, and and really it's kind of from a place of ego. Like I don't. I'm just one person. Yeah. Right. It, it, the truth is you get to share it with me and I say yes. And then it's like, you've got to give yourself permission. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. And I think that that's, I think that's very true. And I also, I think that one thing that you also bring out in a lot of people around you is have fun, like be playful. And we don't, we don't do that enough. And when things become really difficult in life and tragedy strikes or we have stresses and challenges, if we've already set ourselves up to find that pleasure and fun in a way that we can balance, because listen, there's no life that we're going to live. That's not going to have stress and trauma. It's it's, It's true. It's there's no, there's no human being that's going to be on this planet. That's going to live without stress and trauma period, which means how do we balance that weight? Why don't we set ourselves up in advance and know that I am going to make it a practice of seeking pleasure Mm -hmm. and a variety of ways and keep that and embrace it. Know what I long for. And then when shit hits the fan, I maybe I'm going to feel a little bit more filled up at the time. Yeah, I think one thing is to just myth bust, admit, debunk, debunk the myth that you that we can't have it all, mm. right? And this really goes into your following, your calling of working with um, women because women are moms, and you mm-hmm. work with women in the corporate world, and 
um, I'm an entrepreneur and sometimes it's like, okay, I'm just going to work on my business and my business is going to be booming. And then, well, shit, my relationship kind of is suffering because I'm so into the business right now. And then, oh my gosh, I got a new lover and wow. And then like, whoo, my business. And there's a belief um, that I've had to work through that I can't have it all. And I can, I can have it all. I can have an amazing business, an amazing lover or several if I choose. I can have a family life. I can have enough rest and relaxation. And so getting through the mindset that I can't have it all is something that is um, another first place to start Mm. is to look at, do you think, what's your belief around having it all? Mm. You know, and I find that most people, not most people, many people that come fall into those categories. It's like, oh my gosh, I have the most amazing relationship and I freaking hate my job Yeah, or I love my job. It's amazing. And then like I'm in a sexless marriage, you know, Mm -hmm. like I want that. It's like, okay, great. I can show you how Mm -hmm. let's, let's dive in. And it takes a little bit of work, right? Yeah. It takes the emotional work. It also takes, I, in my opinion, it also takes the recognition that, Seeking pleasure and doing the things that really make you happy means stop doing the things that don't make you happy. And I know for, I mean, for me and a lot of people, that's, we do a lot of obligatory mm-hmm. things. That, yeah. um, and, and some of it we can't get rid of. Like you can't not take the garbage out because you don't love it. You can't, if you're an entrepreneur, there's certain things you just have to do. And in your job, even if you love your job, there's going to be 10% of your job that you're not going to love. There's just parts of it that aren't going to be ideal. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the friendships that don't mm-hmm. light you up and make you feel good. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the job that you do absolutely despise it 99% of the time. I'm talking about you know eating or living in a way that doesn't give you healthy relationships with food or exercise or your body. You know, Letting go of the things that you don't love is way more difficult sometimes than I think we actually talk about. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I agree. And pleasure to me is a practice. Mm. So just like a meditation practice, how can this moment be more pleasurable, right? Like um, I'm really gifted at helping bringing everyday sacredness to the everyday. So you hate your job. Okay. What can we change about it? Do you have beautiful pictures to look at? Do you have your essential oil diffuser going? Do you, can you sit and do meditation for three minutes every 62 minutes? You know, like what are the ways that you can bring more pleasure into the mundane? What are the ways that you can ritualize drinking your coffee or tea in the morning to bring in your intention for the day? I mean, I sacred poop. I let go emotionally once a day at least. Should be three, I think. (laughs) But, um, you know, there's a space of creating pleasure in all things. And so, yes, I totally agree with you. And there's also a space of when you put pleasure first as a priority, or you think, how can this moment be even more pleasurable? That that's a wild concept and it's a practice. Because we forget, because we're easy to just be like, mm. I'm running late, I gotta go. And, mm. you know, like slamming the coffee back and getting in the car and driving and then being in traffic. And, you know, like that's kind of life for some people. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, how can that be more pleasurable? Mm. 
I'm thinking so much about what you just said. You just turned everything I said about getting rid of the things that don't make you happy on your head because the, there's another option. Mm-hmm. The option is, well, the things that don't make you happy, how can you find a way mm-hmm. to bring happiness into it? And thinking about it through pleasure is a great idea. And it's a delicate dance too, right? Like if you have a friend that you have really shitty boundaries with, like we need to shore up the boundaries. And yeah. when you shore up the boundaries, which boundary work is really challenging in sex, but like in general, but in real life for some people, boundaries is really challenging. And so if you shore up the boundaries, does that friend go away? Right. Or does that friendship completely transform because you don't feel resentful that you're being taken advantage of or, you know, whatever the story Mm -hmm. is around it. So it's an interesting dance of, do you need to cut something out or do you need to have better boundaries? Right. And that to me comes from what are you longing Mm -hmm. right? Like I want to spend more time with you and you're really busy. So I can be mad at you because you're busy and you're successful and you have an amazing life. I can create a huge story about why you don't want to spend so much time with me, but have I told you I want to spend more time with you? Mm. Right? So communication to me is not only the leading cause of hot sex. It's the leading cause of like happiness. Because so often we don't just have the tough conversations yeah, especially about topics like sex that we're just not taught. It's right. just not it's not a normal it's not a normal conversation in a lot of people's lives. And that's you've definitely shifted that for me. I know that you shift that for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um just by naturally being you. Thanks. Yeah, I'm passionate about helping people. I always have the analogy. I really um I really want to help people talk about sex the way they order their Starbucks coffee. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a menu, so we know what we can get. We have language for it. There's generally no shame. You can go up to the counter and order exactly what you want. And then someone magically makes it for you. And then they give it to you with a smile. And you're like, oh my gosh. And you drink it and it's delicious. Mm. Like if that could be how every sexual experience we have is that we have enough confidence to know what we want, the language in order to order it, someone who is happy to receive it and then make it, Mm. right? Like it would change Lots. It changed lots. So, you know, tell our, you know, tell our listeners what, what you do, like what, what is the, what is your business encompass as a whole? Cause I know we talked a little bit about it. I asked if this was part of what you do, if coaching people in this process is part of it. Um, but I know you do other things. Yeah. So I work with mostly with women. I always say I work with a few lucky men. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say predominantly I work with Shame. So it's body shame, sex shame. Um, I have a huge um, part of my passion also that works with people with um, STIs or herpes. Mm. And um, what I find is that at the end of the day, these beautiful souls just, they just want the freedom of being who they are. Like it's really authenticity. Mm-hmm. It's, it's getting back to the core of who they are, the parts of them that they shut down mm. because they were told not to be a certain way or they're afraid they're, they're going to lose friends or family if they show a part of this part of them out or they're going to lose relationships. And so I find that through the coaching, most of the work is um, getting down to um, the truth of who you are and giving you tools to express that mm-hmm. and share it. 
And do you work with, um, so you work with couples, you work with individuals. Mm -hmm. Are you, are you classifying, I want to use the word judgment under the shame category, because I think that that, even if an individual knows what they long for, um, even if they're not shameful about it, they might be fearful that others will judge them for that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I see that a lot actually, especially with women my age who, um, really have developed an amount of wisdom and are, you know, 40 and 50 year old. And, you know, society tells us that we're older, we should be doing this, this, and this at this stage in our life. When in fact, what really is happening is 40 and 50 year old women are just waking up and getting yep. in tune with their body. It's true. <laughs> Which means, um, we, we, we have wants and needs. Mm-hmm. And, um, I witnessed a group of women have a conversation about this and they were mostly worried what other people would think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't, they didn't feel any shame about their needs, but they're just doing it in the closet because they just don't think that people will be okay with that, whatever their sexual desires were. Um, so I think about that. I mean, do you do presentations or do you work with groups of women in that area? Cause I think that that, if not, I'm, I'm going to, Maybe I'm going to set it up. Yeah. No, I am available to speak. I love to speak to women and groups. I um, love to hold women's retreats. And so, um, yeah, I'm available to do any speaking gigs and would love to come to your organization mm-hmm. or your group. Um, and um, I feel like there, I'm in a little bit of a transition, to be honest with you. I feel like there's a new way of being for me coming into a different space of my business. So it's, it, I find it challenging to answer your questions because yeah. I feel like there's a whole nother way. Like I've traditionally done one-on-one, I've done small retreats, I've done things like that. And I feel like there is an opening and a calling, um, that is coming that I don't, I don't know what it looks like. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm really open to the mystery of letting that unfold. So yes, if you want a little GG time, I'm available. Yeah. And that's what (laughs) I wanted people to know. The other thing too, is that because I know you and as a fellow Mm -hmm. entrepreneur, I know that you are on a path that pivots. And so that's part of what makes you amazing because your business model is as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. you are working in a sector that is not easy and you are literally in the arena every single day. And I honor that about you so Thanks. much. And I know that you have new directions. This is going to take you. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really just excited to be on the journey yeah. with you and share that along with you and maybe help you get your systems and some structure Yay! in place. And I'll be the administrative <laughs> cheerleader behind you. And we're going to start talking about, you know, email newsletter lists and all these <laughs> fun right. things. I know. Well, you can sign up for my newsletter at yeah. blisscoach.com. But, yeah. um, I did want to say to you that I feel like shame and judgment are like, they are sisters that hold hands together. I don't think you can have shame without the fear of judgment. I mean, you might be able to, but I feel like they kind of go hand in hand. So yes, just to backtrack to answer your question, there is a part of that. And just to be really vulnerable and share with everyone listening that that's a part of my daily practice, like being someone who is very open about sex positivity and body love and sexuality is a space that, um, I receive a lot of judgments and a lot of sometimes harsh words and it's worth it. Like it's worth it to stand in my truth. And so I, I want to invite everyone that if you're feeling a little nudge of like, Oh, I want more, 
I want more. Like follow that nudge in whatever way and whoever you can find to help pull that out of you because it's important to listen to that little, that little thing. I have a lot of people that come to me that can't even say sex. They're like, can I talk to you about S-E-X? You know, and I'm like, yes, let's talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. so I just want to invite everyone um, that if you're feeling a call to want to be more connected, reach out. And if you're like, oh my gosh, why can't we do a monthly women's group where we just talk about sex? And can you come be a part of that? Okay. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's, I think that's happening a little bit more. I, I'm surprised now that there's, when I meet women that are not a part of a conversation, or at least with their friends, they've not developed mm-hmm. a safe container to have that conversation. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important. And, you know, there's one really big piece, Gigi, that we haven't really talked about that I want to talk about. And that is your connection to the mm-hmm. spiritual realm, because for those of you that are watching um, on video, because we have a video, so if you're on YouTube watching, you'll notice that um, Gigi is connecting a lot and a lot of what she shares is in a connected way. And so her body moves to mm-hmm. reflect her connection to spirit. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about your practices and your rituals and um, and what you know what that means to you or how you might even, how would you identify yourself spiritually? What would you use to describe yourself? I hate labels. I know you do, which is why I did it. I did it on purpose. I want, I want five individual words that you five would words. use to oh describe God. yourself. Uh, um, big. Mm. Let's see. These are my superpowers. I am empathic. I'm extremely sensitive, which includes emotions and daily tears, which I love. It's like holy water to me. I am, uh, um, I have like mama bear energy, so I can be fiercely protective, but I'm also very like um, comforting. And if you can't see me, I just have a beautiful curvaceous body. And so like, like coming into me is generally, I get this feels really good. Mm. Um, I feel like the core of the gift that I have to offer the world is sacred space. Mm. I, I, I feel like the, the gift that I can offer is equal unconditional love and acceptance. And not to say that, you know, I'm human. I don't, I can get triggered by things in the world, but I really like to um, meet people where they're at. And in that, I have to reflect that back to me. So, um, what do you mean by reflecting it back to you? Well, the space of um, the thing I have to continually remind myself and myself of my spirituality is to hold that sacred safe space for myself to hold that unconditional love for myself, Mm. to hold that unconditional acceptance for myself. And that tends to be my work. My spiritual work is like totally living my teachings, living my message. Mm. Right. And it's such a, it's such a thing. Like if I'm not having great sex, it's like, Oh my God, I'm a fraud. Like I'm an imposter and that's not true. Like I'm a human and I'm in a relationship and relationships. Sometimes sexuality is funky And so to me, my spirituality and connecting with the divine is always a self-reflection of how am I showing up in the world and how am I showing up for myself? Mm. I do have a daily self-pleasure practice and um, 
that is truly where I connect with the divine and my self-pleasure practice as I say that is not just like let's grab the vibrator and like have an orgasm or Mm -hmm. you know a climax Mm -hmm. it's really a a ritual of um, adorning my body with love and adorning my body with beautiful oils and body butters and saying sweet nothings to myself and um, connecting with connecting with my truth in stillness Mm. Mm-hmm. It it all comes down to breath and stillness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important, and I love that so much. And even just talking about that is going to influence so many others to just stop mm. for the a moment and think about what have they done to bring themselves pleasure, just in 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 any way in that time in the day. Um, this is part of spirituality. I mean, this is why we're talking about this because if you don't do that and if you don't allow yourself the time to really go inside of yourself, you can't get cracked open and, and connect. I mean, the, yeah. you just can't because you're staying on the surface. And all of this is part of the work that we do to mm-hmm. help, you know, especially women. Cause you know, I, I, I really, I'm you, aren't you proud of how well I'm embracing yeah, the fact that I'm doing, doing women's work. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'll tell you guys, for a little while, I feel like, well, I didn't want to disc- discriminate. I do work for men and women, and I do in my business. I work with men and women, but I, I'm really doing a lot of women's work, and it, um, and I, I've just owned that. And I think that that's part of what we do is bring out that in others to ensure that they really just stop and think about how are they going to connect inside. Because when they connect inside themselves and seek something that makes them happy, it it turns on the it turns on the the inner light bulb and that can be scary mm-hmm. that i mean just one thing i want to share is that especially from um going from a type a person that's go 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 do 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 when i had teachers tell me be still stop hold on just just hold on it was very infuriating and frustrating and hard to hear and also felt very jarring to my system because i'm was in motion And so I just want to invite, like, where are the moments that you can find stillness that really resonate and work for you, right? It might just be that three minutes when you're in the shower alone, right? Like, is that the time that you can bring in stillness and thought and full presence to your body, right? So to me, creating a practice of stillness and or coming into your body or it doesn't have to look like some certain thing. You don't have to have a yoga mat and sit in front mm-hmm. of an altar. You don't have right. to be at the foot of a guru. Like, you right. know, it doesn't have to lurk a certain way. And that's what I want to make sure that people know as you're um, diving into the sacred in November series is that um, please find the way that works for you because mm. We all come to meditation in a different space. We all have a different belief system. We all have like, and it's all, it's all the same and it's all completely different at the same time. So if your way is running Mm -hmm. and that's how you meditate because you're like, nothing's there or I get all these messages or I hear all these things when I'm running. Awesome. You don't have to like sit still. That's your stillness. Does that make sense? Totally. And I I think I suggest to people sometimes who really, really struggle with meditation at the beginning Mm -hmm to not try to force no, no thoughts instead, make it a thinkitate, right? I mean, Tom Bilyeu calls it thinkitate because he can't stop it. So what he does is allow it. He takes that time that he would meditate and instead says, I'm going to let my brain actually bring me all the ideas and do all the thinking when I'm sitting quietly and I'm by Mm -hmm. myself. 
And I like that because it's another option and not that we shouldn't be striving towards stillness and quietness sometimes too, so we can hear things in a different way. But I also think sometimes the way our mind is working, it's working it out. Sometimes it's just going to work it out. Yeah. I also want to say, like, I also want to give everyone permission to just do nothing for 15 minutes a day. Mm. And I don't mean like scroll on Facebook. I call that finger yoga, you know, when you're... (laughs) That's how I do yoga yoga sometimes, finger yoga. But I'm talking about like, just stare at your window. Like I, I reminisce of the days when, um, you know, grandma and grandpa were on the porch and the little rocker and they were just Mm -hmm. watching life go by. You know, I feel like we don't give ourselves permission to just do nothing. And what I find working with women is women need that, like a putz day to not have anything on the schedule to just allow flow to happen Mm. is really powerful. And we often don't give ourselves, even if you can't do a day, like Mm -hmm. two hours that you don't have anything on the schedule that you can just follow Mm -hmm. your heart. What what, what would bring you more pleasure? You want to Mm -hmm. read a book? You want to call a friend, you know, like you might want to eat cake. You might want to eat cake or cronuts. Yeah. Of cronuts. Oh, God. Gigi and I have had, I was just saying, Gigi and I have had cronuts together in Las Vegas, and they were delicious. Okay, Gigi, this has been absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. I I feel like we could talk a lot more about this, and I know that we we really have just touched Mm -hmm. the tip of the iceberg, and I know that you are trying to deliver the information in a really concise manner, but the fact is a lot of this goes way deeper than we've even talked about, but I appreciate that you are willing to summarize and, and give as much as you can in this short period of time. Um, you know, I invite all of you that are listening to find Gigi and ask her some questions yourself and meet with her because there is just something that happens when you have a completely safe space to ask questions, especially about sex. It's somebody that knows and can help you answer those questions. It's really difficult to find. And so I, I really, I very much value the service and the work that you do and I want you to tell people how they can reach you. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I'm actually offering anyone in Toverly's tribe 30 minutes of Gigi time. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. How did I not know that? Yep. Yeah, you guys are so lucky. Yep, so oh my. Um, what you can do is go to blisscoach.com and um, you can do two things. There's going to be a way to um, connect a I Can Have It All uh, free appointment. So that's the Toverly tribes deal is I can have it all. Cause you can. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so if you click just that, say, I can have it all. Yep. And yeah. we'll, we'll actually probably have a link on okay. the show notes. Okay. Right. But blisscoach.com, you can find me there. I am on Instagram, um, gg.gina Garris and I'm very in and out on Instagram. Yes. And on Facebook. So. She's in and out altogether. <laughs> yes. When she chooses to tune out, she just tunes out. Yeah. Not not to work. She just tunes out the social media, it's right. which I like. It's yeah. right. And it's really fun. So yeah. um, uh, I, I enjoy being unpredictable. And so if you can embrace that with me, you will find the treasure in that. Um, yeah. So blishcoach.com and Instagram, Facebook, all the ways. And Excellent. Well, thank you. Yeah, come Gigi. play with me. Thank you for giving people permission to play Mm. and to seek pleasure and for the work that you do in Mm. this world. I'm very honored and grateful to have you on the Mm. show. Thank you. And thank you for being vulnerable to Mm. bring this tender subject to Mm. the masses. It's, it's big work and Mm. I appreciate you being willing to uh, take the risk. Thank you. Thank you. And those of you listening, you see why this has been such an important episode and an important conversation and it is unique as much as we wish that it wasn't it is unique and i 
know that this has probably sparked a lot of questions in those of you that are listening. So thank you very much for being with us and we will catch you next time. Fill your life with pleasure. We hope you enjoyed the show. Hi, my name is Les Conley. And as producer of this show, I enjoy listening right along with you. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app and follow Grit and Grace so that we can keep you up to date on all the exciting shows coming your way. And this show is available for you to watch on YouTube. Please check the show notes for links to our guests and feel free to contact us for more information. Taver Lee is a social impact entrepreneur and she can be found at taverlee.com. That's T-A-H-V-E-R-L-E-E.com. And if you're interested in audio, video production, and post-production, you can find me at healantmedia.com. We know your time is extremely valuable, and we appreciate you spending it with us. Thank you.